1: We're in a sermon series entitled Doctrine, and the word doctrine means teaching. It's what's been taught by Christians since the very beginning. There are some doctrines that all true Christians have held since the time of the apostles. We call them the cardinal or uh, core or essential doctrines that have defined Christianity for 2,000 years.
0: Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout and this has been a, a multi-part series and we'll continue for i'm sure a number of weeks as we work on through the doctrines of the church we've already dealt with or pastor Layton has dealt with the fundamentals those foundational doctrines and now he's moving into well i'll let him explain exactly where we're going thanks for joining us
1: but there's also a group of doctrines that are secondary and that over the centuries, various church leaders and biblical scholars, they varied on their opinions as to them. And so we're in the process now after having established the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith. And by the way, we use the Apostles' Creed um, as our outline for that because the Apostles' Creed predates the distinctives of the Reformation and, and the East-West Schism of 1054. Uh, a version of the, the Apostles' Creed goes back clear to the second century. And we wanted to know what the apostles taught. And so it gave us the subject matters. And then we went to the Bible, which is the first textbook, uh, in order to find out what the Bible teaches on those matters. So we've, we've covered those primary doctrines. If you uh, miss that, it's available on our website, highlands.us. And now we're in these secondary doctrines. And there's a reason um, that we are studying some of these secondary doctrines. And that is to protect our church family from people who might want to come in and cause arguments, dissension, division among us by stirring up commotion related to these secondary doctrines. And so we want to know where we stand as a church. And our desired outcome is uh, well described by Rupertus Melendius centuries ago when he said, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And so what he was saying is, is, is in essential things, like essential doctrines, we're all of one accord. We all proclaim the same message. We all agree that these are the essential doctrines. In secondary doctrines, we might disagree, but if we disagree, we agree to disagree agreeably. And and we don't mind sitting down with somebody who has a, a different opinion than we do on these secondary doctrines, and listening and evaluating what they say, because it forces us to go back to Scripture to find out if Scripture really does support what we think uh it says and uh and so it's a good thing but in all things charity we're not going to allow these secondary doctrines and differences in them to cause division among us as a church family or between us and other christ-centered bible teaching churches in our community that might vary a little bit on how they perceive uh these doctrines now our focus today is uh, towards spiritual gifts And uh, we believe in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We believe in uh, the fruits of the Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, it's remarkable that some Christians have had some disagreements on spiritual gifts over the years. In fact, it goes clear back to the very beginning of the church, the very first years of the church, because the Apostle Paul had to address some disagreements within the church as to spiritual gifts. In fact, he had to spend three chapters in 1 Corinthians trying to help the Corinthians sort that out. And uh, chapters 12, 13, and 14. And, and so even Paul's effort to try to clarify spiritual gifts have ended up not exactly being clear to all Christians. And uh, I need to be, be clear here that we believe that Scripture is infallible. That means there's no error in Scripture, that it really is the Word of God. But our interpretation and application of Scripture is fallible because it belongs to us and not to God, and people are fallible. So we need to distinguish, then, between what God's Word says and what we think it says. And, and sometimes people who are well-studied in Scripture um, become so convinced that they correctly understand Scripture that they fail to distinguish what Scripture says from what they think it says. They believe that what they believe, what they, what they think it says is what it says. And, um, and that's a really dangerous place to be. So in these secondary issues where some Christians have differed over the centuries, uh, we believe that what we believe is right and true and scriptural. However, we have the humility to recognize that we might be wrong. And because of that, uh, we don't want to allow this to be a a cause for any division or dissension among us, or division and dissension between our church family and other church families that have similar but maybe slightly different uh, perspectives on these issues. So, we're talking today about spiritual gifts, which then brings up the question what is a spiritual gift? And a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in the ministry of the church. Any ability that's empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in the ministry of the church. Now, the definition can include natural abilities like teaching and service and administration and also the more miraculous gifts as well, such as prophecy, healing, and distinguishing between spirits. Both of these kinds of gifts are uh, included in lists that are provided in scriptures by Paul. Paul is clear that all spiritual gifts must be one, empowered by one and the same spirit. That's in 1 Corinthians 12.11. Given for the common good, that's 1 Corinthians 12.7. And that they are all to be used for the edification or the building up of the church. That's in 1 Corinthians 14.26. Now in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit... Uh, was working, but he was working in just a few individuals like Moses and Samuel, David and Elijah. But the Old Testament looks forward to a time when the holy Spirit 's going to be poured out, that something special is going to happen there 's going to be a change. Moses said, "I would that all the lord 's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them that 's in numbers eleven twenty nine And then the Lord prophesied through Joel the prophet. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and maid servants in those days I will pour out my spirit. That was the prophecy of Joel in the Old Testament. You may recall that uh, when we were studying a few weeks back on doctrine about the Holy Spirit, that we noted that Jesus Christ was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. He returned in the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee in Luke four fourteen. That the first sermon that's recorded for us in Luke, the first thing he says is, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That he did his ministry in the power of the And the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we ask the question. Wait a minute. Why did Jesus who is God. Depend upon the Holy Spirit who is God. To provide leadership and empower his ministry. And what we concluded is. That Jesus knew that he was going to be. Giving us mere people. Mere mortals if you will. The continuation of his ministry. And we're not God. We can't do what God can do. And so what he did is he modeled ministry. In such a fashion. That we can follow his model. Because the ministry is led and empowered by God, the Holy Spirit. John tells us that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil and to establish the kingdom of God. He told us in Acts, just before he ascended, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. The Apostle Peter, on that day of Pentecost, recorded for us in Acts chapter 2, recognized that that was the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy... And that one of the characteristics of the early church and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a widespread distribution of spiritual gifts to the people of the church. We believe that it's uh, it's God the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and empowers us to do what God has called us to do, which is to go and to make disciples. Now, I'd like us to read through um, a bit of 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to begin at chapter 12. I'm reading to you from the New Living Translation. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding a question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service. But we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways. But it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So I want you to notice in verse uh, 4, 5, and 6 that there is this different, same, different, same, different, same Uh, pattern and it includes all of the members of the trinity it includes the holy spirit in verse 4 the lord jesus christ in verse 5 and god the father in verse 6 and then in verse 7 it says a spiritual gift is given to each of us each of us has a spiritual gift why so we can help each other so we can help each other we're given spiritual gifts not to help ourselves but to help each other and that was actually one of the problems that was in the Corinthian church is everybody thought spiritual gifts was for them. To make them look good, feel good, give them a sense of importance and so forth. And, and what Paul is saying here is, no, nah, it, the spiritual gifts aren't given to you for you. They're given to you to help others and others to help you. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. Some people have exceptional wisdom. To another, uh, the same spirit gives a, a message of special knowledge. How did they know that? The same spirit gives great faith to another. And as someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. Now, I need to stop right here when uh, we're using the word prophesy or prophets. Because when we use that word in the New Testament, some of us might say, Oh, I know what that is. I heard about it in the Old Testament. But uh, prophecy and prophets in the New Testament is different than prophets and prophecy in the Old Testament. And let me explain uh, uh, some of the evidence of that. In the New Testament, when a character is identified as a prophet, you don't hear them say, thus saith the Lord. That phrase, thus saith the Lord, is said by Old Testament prophets, but it's not said by New Testament prophets. The word prophecy describes two things, foretelling, which is telling the future, because the Lord has revealed something about the future, but it's also, the word also means foretelling, which means telling what has been revealed, which could be something in the scripture. So when you hear the word prophecy or prophet, it could be talking about a preacher, it could be talking about a teacher, but there's a difference between the prophecy in the New Testament and prophecy in the Old Testament.
0: And we'll pick up right there on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse. I certainly hope you can join us for the Tuesday broadcast heard on this station at this same time. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands. By the way, it's listener-supported uh, and if you'd like to come alongside and be a part of this ministry, there's a great way you can do that. You can contribute, uh, perhaps on a regular basis, to the ongoing expenses of this outreach. You can uh, share your financial gift with us when you go to the website for the ministry, studyversebyverse.com. The website for the church is simply highlands.us. That's Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And the website, highlands. We'd love to hear from you. There's an opportunity for you to share your thoughts there when you go to the website. Join us tomorrow at this same time when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.